Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're listening to Unity FM 93.5 and my name is Kathleen Rochnagi. This evening we're going to be talking about health in Ramadan, mashallah, which is something we all need to know about um, coming into Ramadan now and how to look after ourselves. And we've got an expert in the studio here, mashallah, that can tell us everything we need to know about health. If you're listening in down the country in Luton, uh, welcome also to our Inspire FM listeners on 105.1. If you need to email us in at any stage or ring in, the numbers haven't changed. Our phone number is 772-8892 and the studio email address is studio at unityfm.net. If you'd like to email in a question, the studio will transfer that over to us or forward it to us and we will get your questions answered, inshallah. So as I mentioned, today we're going to talk about health in Ramadan and we have with me in the studio Dr. Faraz Mughal. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much and thank you for coming here and giving up your time, especially around this very important topic. I know there's a lot of people out there, parents listening to us that will want to know for themselves, for their own health, maybe but their their own parents, their grandparents, grandparents and children, and also for children. So it's a very interesting topic and something vital for us to have. But before we go into it, and I'm sure we're down to get into it, can you just give us a little bit about your background and tell us your journey to to where you are today? Yes, of course. Um, So... After completing A levels, I went into medical school. Uh, went to, I went to um, Leicester Medical School, uh, graduating um, in 2010. Then um, came back home to Birmingham to undertake my foundation training. Then applied for a a training post in general practice in the West Midlands Deanery. Um, so I'm currently coming towards the end of my general practice training. So I'm a final year registrar looking to uh, fully qualify independently um, this year. Um, Mm -hmm. In terms of my interest in Ramadan, kind of stems from my interest in religious uh, sciences and trying to link um, both religion and health and seeing how how, um, we can counsel people who come to see their GP or even their hospital doctor on the topic of Ramadan um, and you know I'm happy to be here and to kind of talk very very generally about Ramadan and kind of answer any specific questions and also um, see kind of how we can help those who are listening out there today. Jazakallah Karen, this is a really important topic as we start Ramadan. You know, what should we be thinking of in relation to our health um, and fasting? Uh, can you maybe uh, highlight some of the benefits from your perspective, from a medical perspective, to fasting? Um, is there, from the, the medical perspective, the medic- medicine at the moment, do they think actually fasting is good or not good for us? <laughs> no, of course, um, there's this whole new body of kind of research that's being undertaken mm-hmm. um, all over the Western and Eastern Hemisphere where fasting has been shown to have great health and f- it's um what I mean by that is yeah it has been shown to reduce cholesterol amounts has been right. shown to regulate one's uh, glucose mm-hmm. one's uh, body sugar um and therefore reduce or 
even improve one's diabetes and even reduce the risk of having diabetes in the future. Also, it's great in terms of reducing um, the weight that a person may have and optimizing mm-hmm. their physical health. Mm-hmm. Only last year, there was some research done by the University of Southern California mm-hmm. where actually a short period of fasting was shown to um, possibly um, regenerate one's immunity. So even though this, this really? is in early stages and more clinical trials kind of with humans are and are being undertaken there are some promising um, results that are coming out um, in the medical world today where people are kind of understanding and being more aware of the kind of the great impact that fasting can have on a person's physical health Mm -hmm. and also to um, mention the spiritual health where Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. religious um, aspects of fasting um, Mm -hmm. comes into it kind of into account also. Mm, we'll, we'll talk about the spiritual bit in a minute. I'm really surprised there to hear that research uh, that it's not just for your physical, for losing weight or maybe the diabetes, sure. that maybe makes sense yeah, and, sure. and things when <laughs> you link it in, but actually for that your your immune system it can increase. So is, is that makes you better in fighting off illnesses? Precisely. Wow, wow, yeah, that's so I mean, really I mean, good. This Research is only in early stages and mm-hmm. it was only done over a 72-hour period of fasting. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure of the exact details. Mm-hmm. However, um, the paper that was published did outline, kind of out- outline that there is some potential for um, new kind of immunity cells to regenerate and to grow, whilst also getting rid of the older cells mm-hmm. um, that a person may not need anymore. So therefore helping kind of those old adults mm-hmm. and those who may be unfortunately struck in by things like cancer and terminal illness. SubhanAllah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot for us to learn. You know, alhamdulillah, we're blessed to have the month of Ramadan to to spiritually recharge ourselves. But medically, mashallah, mm-hmm. there's a lot for us to learn still around that. That's, that's so interesting, SubhanAllah. And I, spiritually, yes, you mentioned there about spirituality. Um, what, what would you like to tell listeners, I wonder, around about spirituality? I've come from a doctor's perspective, because often we have spiritual leaders on the program sure, sure. talking about Ramadan and spirituality. Sure. But from a d- medical perspective, yeah. would you be able to link on anything there? Well, interestingly enough, is actually... is possibly not under the bracket of spirituality mm-hmm. however in psychiatry as you may mm-hmm. already be aware of they do look at kind of the spiritual health mm-hmm. of a person regardless of their religion there's this new a new kind of initiative that people are purporting now called mindfulness yes um, mm-hmm. we hear a lot about it in kind of primary care and general mm-hmm. practice kind of being kind of aware of the present and what's going on in your life now as a way to mm-hmm. deal with anxiety and stress mm-hmm. so fasting gives that person the opportunity to contemplate these things possibly more often. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, it encourages those good qualities of charity, compassion and care. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my opinion, a person's spiritual health is as equally important as their kind of physical health and their mm-hmm. mental health in mm-hmm. giving that holistic kind of general mm-hmm. care to improving their health outcomes and also improving just generally their well-being. And mm-hmm. I think Ramadan provides that great opportunity for a person not only to improve their physical health but also mm-hmm. to um, improve their spiritual health mm-hmm. and also an, opportu- an opportunity for it to continue after the month of mm-hmm. Ramadan as well therefore kind of in totality improving mm-hmm. their overall well-being mm-hmm. really yeah mashallah it is really um a time as you mentioned that we can recharge ourselves our whole self so it's a a full 
battery recharge really mm. not just spiritually yes and coming closer to Allah mashallah, and, and trying to gain rewards for what we do with the correct intention but also as you mentioned physically looking after our yeah. health and emotionally or psychologically being more mindful and aware of your thoughts and your your emotions mm-hmm. and what's going on there first so they're all very much interlinked so the body the mind the soul as we used to learn it in the yes. olden days yes. very much interlinked mm. that, that's really useful mashallah to be talking about Ramadan in, in such a broad sense so if we were to kind of um, break it down a little bit mm-hmm. I suppose and come come down a bit on what Ramadan means from health perspective looking more at the health looking more at the health benefits uh, I know my son is uh, studying at the moment yes. and he's put up a lot of weight unfortunately studying mm. and he tells me you know mommy I need to drink these which I don't like these fizzy drinks but he says he needs to drink them because he's studying to give him energy is what he perceives yeah, but sure. I don't want to say anything to him because <laughs> he's uh, he, he is studying well but he's saying in Ramadan I will lose all of that because I will be fasting and he does subhanAllah mm. each week each year uh, lose that little bit of weight he puts up and alhamdulillah he's looking forward to Ramadan not just for, for the spiritual benefits but also alhamdulillah for the medical benefits that it's a time that he will lose that extra weight that he put up is there other benefits to us that we should be looking at uh, other aspects of our health um, you mentioned there about diabetes and yeah. cardia can you explain that a little bit more to us yeah so apart from obviously the health benefits in terms of weight control mm-hmm. there's also the opportunity if a person has an illness such as diabetes which is quite prevalent in the Birmingham community mm-hmm. especially amongst the ethnic minorities mm-hmm. for them possibly even though it's only a short period of time or either 30 days to possibly have better kind of sugar control we call that glycemic control mm-hmm. in um, medical terms and therefore if they can continue that after the month of Ramadan then if they're on tablets or if they're on insulin it could mm-hmm. be something that they can discuss with their GP or even with the hospital doctor mm-hmm. about maybe reducing the need for extra help to control their, their diabetes if they can just learn to control their dietary intake as the vast amount of um, cause or the vast kind of the, the, the majority cause of diabetes is kind of poor um, dietary habits and poor lifestyle choices so Mm. Ramadan firstly provides opportunity to correct those and to improve those Mm -hmm. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit later Mm -hmm. on in terms of what to have at the Suhoor time at the Iftar Mm -hmm. time Um, alongside diabetes there's also the opportunities you know if someone smokes Mm. to use it as a as an opportunity to stop smoking or Mm -hmm. at least reduce their smoking Um, this can be done through consultation with their GP and also their GP can signpost them to stop smoking NHS services out there Mm -hmm. where they're extremely experienced in helping people in this month of Ramadan. It's a 30-day opportunity to reduce smoking so Mm -hmm. um, it's not a a large amount of time but there are techniques and um, ways to reduce their smoking habits therefore encouraging better health overall in terms of cardiovascular health so risk of heart attacks and strokes and and high cholesterol and diabetes and -hmm. things like that so i mean these things you know ramadan provides the chance to work on these things and to help a person Mm -hmm. on those very common areas 
Yeah, so if they've uh, stopped smoking and the days are so long here, mm. you know, if we were fasting these huge hours, 20 hours or so, and if you haven't been smoking in, in that time, I suppose it's a good opportunity to, to stay off it completely. However, I know a few smokers and mm. probably the first thing they do when it comes to breaking their fast after having a drink of water is to light up that cigarette. Um, Alhamdulillah, I don't have anybody in my family like that, so it's it's not immediate people that I know, but there's there is people that have come across over the years, and I've actually spoken to them about you know this is a good opportunity to to give up, yeah. but it's, it seems to be I don't know there's something blocking them. So, how what advice could you get, give them in helping to overcome that, especially when they're now the days are so long, it's mm-hmm. right opportunity twenty hours per mm-hmm. we're fasting. What advice, what could we say to them? How could you approach them? What could you, how can we help them, I wonder? Well, I think what makes a person, when they open their fast, kind of turn to that cigarette is probably the cravings. So that's the mm. nicotine withdrawal cravings that a person right. has. So yeah. um, if a person hasn't tried, you know, they could try nicotine re- replacement therapy, we call the NRT, right. where they can uh, speak to the chemist about that in a local pharmacy, or even mm-hmm. go and see their GP or smoking cessation advisor. Many mm-hmm. GP practices have this installed, or the GP can signpost you to these services, mm. where, for example, you could have a patch. Now, mm. um, I'm not aware of um, a patch invalidating one's fast, so mm-hmm. when these long days of fasting are occurring, mm-hmm. if you put the patch on, yeah. for example then it helps control those cravings. So yeah. when, if that time happens and you open that fast, you're less likely to go to that cigarette. Mm-hmm. Also, in between the window from breaking your fast and to having to have the pre-dawn, mm-hmm. Meal, mm-hmm. say, you know, I know Ramadan's about 10 days away now, um, but I think the hours are going to be in terms of kind of 18 hours and over in terms of how mm-hmm. long you're fasting in the day. So from that time, from when you open the fast to when you have to have the pre-dawn, you know, it will be around about kind of six hours. So um, mm. one technique of doing so um, to help reduce your smoking is to just increase the time from when you have cigarettes when you're allowed to in the month of Ramadan. Also, therefore, you know, the purpose behind that is to try and reduce your need to have them. Mm-hmm. And then, for example, if you're on kind of four to five cigarettes a day, if you can just have two in that six-hour window, mm-hmm. you're less likely to need more as the month mm-hmm. goes on and the cravings will come down and you'll get through that kind of sudden nicotine kind of uh, uh, dependent kind of uh, behaviour that one mm. has, the cravings and the irritability and the hunger and the mood mm. swings um, and you know I mean of course it's, it's, I uh, understand and appreciate it's not easy mm. um, that's why there are great kind of stop smoking services out there mm-hmm. and I'm sure your GP or the practice nurse can guide you towards that in your general mm-hmm. practice where you're registered or even so you can, you can go to NHS Choices on Google and um, look for your kind of nearest uh, smoking clinic in your community mm-hmm. or, ev- or in your area. Really, that's really good advice. So it is, there's something out there, the patches are out there, your GP can help you with that, know what's the best treatment for you and it's an opportunity to stop the smoking completely so start cutting down and and stopping it completely mashallah which really excellent advice mashallah i suppose it reminds me there when you were talking about that that and how we were interlinking the mind the body and the mm. the soul earlier on that we probably 
need to prepare mentally for that as well and be mindful and more mindfulness and be uh, rem- remember spirituality, I suppose, the dangers that smoking does to our health and use this time in Ramadan spiritually and ask Allah to help us as yeah. well as psychologically trying to prepare ourselves. I'm going to really try this time, but asking Allah as well to come and help us, inshallah, to, to overcome this. Of yeah. course, yeah, mm. I mean... Um Apart from these kind of physical options of reducing smoking, you know, of course, a lot of it is personal willpower and um, ability to kind of control yourself. And Mm. Ramadan is the month of self-control and self-discipline. So there is this technique that people may have heard of motivation interviewing when trying to trying to reduce smoking so I guess maybe you can turn to a friend or someone close to you maybe your partner your spouse Mm. um, just to get some help just to to control those temptations that one gets but of course you know the month of Ramadan provides an opportunity to kind of reflect more and have introspection about the harms of smoking and to try to really just reduce your temptations and to control those cravings Mm -hmm. Mm. Great, great. So you mentioned just before the smoking, you mentioned briefly, very briefly about diabetes. Maybe we could come back to that again um, and talk about diabetes. And what I wanted to ask you, actually, when you were saying about that was, should all diabetics fast? Do you, what is, is there a, a kind of a rule about it or is it an individual thing? Should people go to their GP and get advice from it? Or what kind of, you know, what's the 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 latest uh, doctor's advice around this? Yeah, well, that's a very good question, and it's a very difficult question to answer mm. for the general populations. Everyone, every diabetic patient, everyone everyone who has diabetes is their own person, so their circumstances are slightly different. So mm-hmm. um, very quickly, broadly speaking, there are certain classifications of diabetes. So you get the diabetes that is controlled just by your, just by what you eat. So those who do not need tablets or injections mm-hmm. to control it. So that's something that wouldn't really hinder um, your ability to fast and you can do so rather safely, mm-hmm. just being aware of what may happen if your sugars go maybe a little bit too high, if you've mm-hmm. had too much rich food, for example, if you're very tired or you are extremely thirsty or pass more water, mm-hmm. these are things to consult your GP about immediately. Right. Um, and then coming on to those who require tablets. Mm. So um, there are lots of different tablets out there for controlling diabetes now. The mm. vast majority of them, you can have a very good consultation with your with your GP about safely taking these tablets mm-hmm. around the times of when you can eat and when you can't eat mm-hmm. um, to rather well-controlled, to, sorry, um, to keep your diabetes well-controlled. Mm-hmm. So there's no implications on, on um, you fasting mm-hmm. these long hours. Um, this year. Mm. Second, I mean, thirdly, there are those who are on insulin now. So yeah. these mm. are the injections. Um, and generally, the kind of the rule of thumb is that in the medical profession, it can be quite complicated fasting mm. on insulin. Now, fasting, of course, is something that's a personal choice. The doctor can't tell you to do so or not to do so. Mm-hmm. Just like the imam can't you know, um, tell you that, you know, you shouldn't fast or Mm. you should fast. I can only just give you counsel about Mm. kind of from these people's backgrounds. So generally speaking, those who are on insulin and one type of tablet called a sulfonylurea, something like glyclozide, if that's a tablet that people have at home that they can see on their tablet box, um, 
these types of medicines for diabetes can be quite risky in terms of dropping the sugars too low. So mm-hmm. we call that hypoglycemic mm. episode. This may manifest itself as someone being quite irritable, being extremely hungry, sweating, and this is actually very serious, um, even to the extent of a person becoming unconscious and going into a coma. Right. So it can be a very serious event. So this is something that shouldn't be taken lightly. And, mm. and in the Birmingham community, um, I know the levels of diabetes are quite high, especially mm-hmm. amongst those Muslim patients. Mm. Um, so you need to really have your have a chat with the person looking after your diabetes, whether that's the person in hospital mm. or a certain diabetes nurse who does that in your nearest hospital or whether it's your GP. Mm. Um, so just to have that chat with with those people to see how they can best look after your diabetes if you really do want to fast now there are certain situations where a person is what we call high risk Mm -hmm. a high risk person maybe someone who's been in hospital for their diabetes in in the past as an emergency Mm -hmm. someone who's pregnant Mm -hmm. um, someone who has recurrent low sugar episodes where the sugar drops um, under the kind of normal healthy ranges yeah yeah more often than normal Mm -hmm. you know in these situations it can be quite dangerous Mm. fasting and that's the last thing that really we would want anyone to you know um have is you know to make themselves kind of ill Mm. or have to go to hospital Mm. because they're fasting so i think that i'll leave kind of they need to have that 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 chat with their gp or the person who's looking after their diabetes as i said you know the medical professional cannot say you can or you can't it's mm-hmm. just how best to look after your health mm-hmm. whilst you're doing that. Mashallah, that's really good advice to to give. And we know while, you know, Ramadan is an opportunity to maybe improve your diabetes if you had it, but it's it's not at the it's every for everybody that has diabetes. Don't take that statement. So you need to go to your doctor and check out with your doctor to make sure that it's OK for you to fast, because especially people that are on medicines, whether tablets or injections, you're saying it could be dangerous. And the last thing we want people to perceive is the wrong medicine from the the program so your advice sure. is to go to your GP and and check out things yeah. yeah yeah I mean I'm sure all the GPs out there are you know they're well rehearsed in fasting and diabetes something yeah. that you know there's lots of literature and, and evidence on and there, there, there are guidelines there and also something quite helpful is the diabetes UK website that you can look on Google so <laughs> if you have a member of the family who is diabetic or one of your maybe one of your parents or aunties and uncles mm. who possibly can't speak English or you mm. know, there are there are uh, lots of information leaflets in different languages mm. on diabetes UK website and also the Muslim Council of Britain have um, compiled a great um, kind of PDF document on diabetes and fasting as well as the Department of Health too of compiled a kind of a healthy guide for Ramadan so these are things that mm-hmm. where if people have the ability to go on the internet mm-hmm. and look at these and to teach maybe elders or people mm-hmm. in the community that are asking for help mm-hmm. if English English is not their first mm-hmm. language mm-hmm. or if they're not mm-hmm. greatly computer savvy yeah, like, yeah. you know a lot of people yeah. um, kind of who are younger in age then mm-hmm. please you know signpost them to these resources Excellent excellent and especially if to somebody in your families has just recently been diagnosed and this is all quite new to them and they want to fast 
it may not be right for them. So there is, I'm glad to see that uh, the Muslim Council of Britain has done something yeah. like this. Mashallah. That's really good that as a Muslim community, we are coming with resources like this that are linking or overlapping the medicine and science. And actually, probably a good opportunity for me to mention your article that uh, you showed me earlier on. I'm so impressed that you've done an article that's been published around Ramadan as well. So can you just explain a little bit more about that to us, Mashallah? Yeah, so um, last year, I mean, I thought there was a need for maybe clinicians in general practice who may need a reminder or who may not um, be well versed in this area just to maybe um, if if I could outline those useful tips um, for people in the medical profession to kind of uh, read and take home a few a few key points so in the um, British Journal of General Practice um, I managed to um, write an article about Ramadan and kind of what it means for general practice so if there are any listeners out there who have access to this academic journal maybe you work in primary care or in the general practice setting um, then feel free to go and have a look at it um, and maybe it's of use to you as well Brilliant indeed, what issue was it? Do you know what issue it was if we were looking it up? That it was the July 2014 um, issue of the journal Wow, mashallah. So July 2014, the British Journal for General Practice, you will find an article there, alhamdulillah, all about Ramadan and the the benefits of Ramadan and what you should be doing from a medical perspective. Yeah, just useful tips about kind of um, what the difference of opinion in Islamic law is, where a person can or cannot fast Mm -hmm. um, on different issues. just a brief guidance, a kind of a refresher about diabetes. And also, you know, if you're a clinician um, anywhere in the NHS and um, you want to fast yourself and you're Muslim, mm-hmm. also, you know, to look after your own se- mm-hmm. kind of look after your own health as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure, you know, there are patients out there who want to fast, but also you may want to go to work as a nurse, as a doctor, mm-hmm. as a healthcare assistant, and you may also want to fast also. So mm-hmm. just, you know, just to f- remind yourself to take those regular breaks even though you may not be able to eat and drink like everyone else does to go out for fresh air you know to keep your breaks on time as well and to you know to eat and drink uh, safely around opening and closing your fast so you have the energy to work at your normal performance standard wherever you're working in the kind of healthcare and also those who are not working in healthcare too or whatever your job is if you're a teacher Mm. if you're an accountant whatever you do um, just to bear those things in mind as well to keep your performance at work as Mm. high as it can be Mashallah, that's a lovely uh, ending towards our break. We're coming into a commercial break now. So that brings us nicely into the commercial break. Um, Inshallah, we will be back to you straight after this commercial break, Inshallah.